Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as, as Plato often said to Socrates, if you want anything done right. Here to provide analysis for that line, and so much more, is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? Ah, well, you know, I'm going to go on a little vacation up to my cabin, and you know, this is near and dear uh, for me at this podcast, since that's where I do my primary comic book reading, uh... But Plato and Socrates, I, I don't recall this line, James. I was going to say, I knew you wouldn't recall the line. <laughs> well, I had to read the five Marvel team-ups in more detail than you did. <laughs> you did. I appreciate it so much. A little bit busy this week. Because I like to save you for the big books. And right now, <laughs> the other two titles are putting on a much higher percentage of important storylines. And not that Marvel team-ups not... But it's not. And and one line, well, yeah, one one line. This is actually high quality one, content here. <laughs> this is the White Rabbit. And really, she's, I would not she have had, guessed that if you'd said guess it. She's wow. got a lot of goons working for her who are very incompetent in her story, and she's constantly saying like, "Why do I hire you guys? You guys are terrible." At one point, she even says, "Ugh, as Plato often said to Socrates, you want something done right." You know what I mean? And she starts shooting her own weapon rather than relying on her thugs. So there you go. Well, I did mention we've got five Marvel teams to get through. They're all from 1983. In the first one uh, or so, you know, we're going to come across an old reporter who we we only meet in these books. His uh, name is Andrew Ponchalito, and they call him Ponch. Uh, he's supposed to be an old guy who's getting ready to retire. And that's, you know, that's all we learn about him. But he wants to do one last big story. So. Who doesn't, Eddie? Who doesn't? <laughs> it's true. Uh, we also see um, husband and wife, I think. They're husband and wife, right? Vision and Scarlet Witch working together and a little bit against each other, too. So, And he's an android. Yes. And she's a witch. Right. Right. Just in case people don't know. You know. I, th- uh, I appreciate this. Never assume I know anything, right? <laughs> Reed Richards is there. He's the leader of the Fantastic Four. And he's a, a brilliant scientist known for being um, a brilliant scientist. And so he'll be appearing in a couple of these books as well. We also get another cameo from Roger Hotchberg, who is this guy on ESU's campus that Peter Parker like helped uh, make it into a hero, actually, at the end of one of the books. And I think he's got a girlfriend now, so he's... He, he is in good shape in a couple of ways, but not a so girlfriend who's been thirsty for Peter. That's <laughs> M- M- Mia. Yes. So, and Eddie, this book we're about to cover here is our 500th book that we've covered on our podcast. Unbelievable, James B. And we've done this in a very small amount of time. <laughs> yeah, it's been about a year and a half or something, a little longer. We've read 500 comics and we've discussed them all. So, in a podcast, I mean, it produced the podcasts and all that. And debated yeah. heavily things about the podcast and the books. Off, yeah, off I was trying to figure out the, the man hours behind a 30-minute <laughs> podcast. Seven or eight. <laughs> yeah, well, Four obviously hours. recording it you know, takes about an hour. And then reading it and typing them, you know, it's another two hours each. You're at, you're at five or so yeah. minimum. And then the editing comes in there. There's another two for that. And you know, so you're looking at, I think you can get up to 10 though at times, depending on how many hours. I, I And I tried to get some a, a couple of different computer programs to help me write these, but I 
Just can't do it. Oh my it. god. Authentic. It's all authentic. <laughs> Eddie, I don't want to hear any nonsense about chat GPT from you. <laughs> if we didn't want to write our own summaries, Eddie, we could just get them from somewhere else, but the, these summaries are my summaries. And I also do my intros and let you comment because we save you, like I said, for the big stuff. So get ready to bring the serious discussion to this book, which is from May of 1983. Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 129 featuring Spider-Man and the Vision in Much to Ponder Before the Dawn by J.M. DiMatteis, Kerry Gamble, and Mike Esposito. Eddie, Peter Parker is selected by an old reporter, Andrew Panchalito, who has a hot tip from Officer Bob Rubens about a serial killer. Peter and Punch head to New Hampshire, where Bob has a drifter in custody for seven murders. However, the drifter is actually an android created by, as mentioned in the last podcast, the Mad Thinker. These androids, such as Mark Twain and Confucius, are all modern thinkers? They've summoned the vision to help them decide if they should live among mankind. After Spider-Man has a pointless battle with a robot and Officer Bob Rubens is revealed to actually be the killer, the vision saves the day. Notable moment, the Abraham Lincoln android is missing his left arm. I think this is a great Marvel team up to start our podcast off because it is just off the wall. This room filled with historical figure android characters you know i i think like hamlet's in here there's definitely like a a monk from medieval times it it must have been so much fun for carrie gamel and mike esposito to illustrate and draw this book and i I like how the vision is being viewed as the prophet should we do this should we go into the world he's like c3po at the ewoks (laughs) yes exactly what if that's supposed to be rasputin I mean, who knows? Who yes, I think that's Rasputin. Okay. Oh, no, no. It's, uh, no, Dostoevsky. Oh, well, Dostoevsky's that's... the guy in the jail. He's the drifter. Yeah, he's the, he's yeah. the drifter. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> so they picked him. If it had been Mark Twain in the jail, people would be like, is that Mark Twain in the yeah. jail? But they... <laughs> no, 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 it's Colonel Sanders. <laughs> well, let's see if things get a little more serious, because we have some continuity here, Eddie. As we head into the next book, from June of 1983, Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 130, featuring Spider-Man and the Scarlet Witch in Till Death Do Us Part. Once again by DiMatteis, but this time with Sal Buscema and Mike Esposito. Eddie, Andrew Ponch Ponchalito tells Spider-Man to find Peter Parker because now he has a big story. Spider-Man believes that Ponch is going to be revealing his identity after Spider-Man had a slip-up. Suddenly, evil wizard Necrodamus shows up (laughs) with the Scarlet Witch in tow as a prisoner. He wants the Vision to give up his android body, and he does that to Necrodamus. Necrodamus now leaves in the Vision's body, not fearing Wanda or Spider-Man. Wanda attacks, and reported Punch realizes that Necrodamus is holding back in his fight against Wanda. Punch also realizes for sure that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. In the end, the Vision's love for Wanda helps defeat Necrodamus, and Spider-Man's bravery changes Ponch's mind, and he tells Peter he will not be printing the story. Notable moment, Andrew Ponchalito saves a little dog during a battle in New Hampshire, and then, without trying to find the owner, just takes the dog back with him to New York. A little dog, too, for a moment when Necrodamus <laughs> is inside Vision, 
he has to find like a form kind of new like, host body. I, I, yeah, like a Voldemort Horcrux kind of, <laughs> or something, and goes into the poor little dog. <laughs> But then leaves. He's like, I will not live my days in that awful little shell. Fle- yeah, flea-bitten thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Through the eyes of an animal. And he, and he chooses to die, I believe. It's implied like he would rather just be dead. He just drifts away. Oh, I deserve so much more. So and it like, disappears. I, I know when I rushed this, it kind of buried the lead. But the story starts off and... He says things to Peter like, oh, I've got a big story. By the way, Spider-Man, you know, he says to Spider-Man, you know, he says to Spider-Man, oh, by the way, I've got a big story. Go find that Peter Parker fellow and let him know I want to talk to him. And I'm thinking like, oh, this is a coincidence. But he starts building up some serious momentum because Spider-Man says like, oh, hey, Mr. Pochelito, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, how do you know my name? And he's like, where's Peter Parker? We're in the middle of a forest in New Hampshire and he's not here anymore in Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man knows his name. And then he says to Spider-Man, like, how do you know my name? Do you remember what Spider-Man says? No. What does he say? I keep up with all the Bugle reporters. <laughs> <laughs> Never know who's going to be writing a story about me. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's implied that he does know who he is, but he decides not to tell. And this is Marvel team up, right? You know, the land of like murders and secrets and they could, you know, would do whatever they wanted to. Right. Do you know how hard it is to know Peter Parker's identity in Marvel? <laughs> in Marvel team up? It should be near impossible because everything happens so quickly at all times. Like, no one should be able to piece together anything ever. I can only think of three living people who actually know who he is. Okay. Cue the game show music. Okay, Okay, Eddie, you got 30 seconds to name three people who you think know who he is. This guy, Pancha, Pancha, what's his name? Pancha Neo? Yeah. Uh, Deb Whitman, and I mean, Doc Ock should know. He unmasked him before, but I guess he doesn't really know. He should know. All right, who's who's the last? I have completely you? different people than you. So what? I was saying there's three other people. That's fine. Oh. I think the following people know who he is. I think Madam Web knows who he is. Oh yes, correct. Yes, I forgot this one. I think Professor X knows who he is. Also correct, because we saw in that scene when he, like, covered him from Spider as being Spider-Man mentally from the police, he showed him as Peter Parker in normal clothes. <laughs> I think Doctor Strange knows who he is, too. I mean, I should hope so, right? <laughs> Doctor Strange is so lame, though. He would never be involved in something as interesting as this. He's too busy, like, looking through the eyes. Dead Whitman does not know who he is, by the way. She she does. No, she's like, oh, Peter, you'll do anything for, for a joke. You dressed up. I appreciate you so much. Well, when she thinks about it harder sometimes, she's going to figure it out. <laughs> Still, Andrew Poncholito, Madam Webb, Professor X, and Doctor Strange. Like, you know, the big four. The Mount Rushmore people who know who Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Agreed. Just saying. Okay, let's see if there's a... Anything else in the next book? Oh, there's some big characters in the next book. They're equally big names here. Huge characters. A new Mount Rushmore of villains and heroes. Reed Richards is in here. Not in this next book. Oh. This next book is from July of 1983. Stanley presents Marvel Tee Up 131 featuring Spider-Man and Frogman in The Best Things in Life Are Free, But Everything Else Costs Money. From J.M. DiMatteis. 
Carrie Gamble, and Mike Esposito. Just like our last Marvel Team Up podcast, Quickie Burger is getting trashed. This time it's Easter-themed dominatrix White Rabbit battling Eugene the Frogman. Told you some big names here. After they battle, Spidey tells Eugene, go home, where Eugene's dad yells at him too. Meanwhile, Peter has a heart-to-heart with Roger Hotchberg for some reason, and the reader realizes that everyone in this book just needs money. (laughs) Except the White Rabbit. Little side note, Eddie, she's paying her goons like a thousand bucks a week to work for her. Eugene's dad joins the White Rabbit gang for the pay and runs into his son when Frogman really gives her kind of a challenge. The White Rabbit in the battle crashes into Roger Hotchberg's mom's place where (laughs) Roger like breaks like a vase or something over the White Rabbit's head and then claims half of the reward money because... Eugene's dad was working undercover for the cops all along. Roger's mom keeps calling his girlfriend Mia the name Pia, even though Roger keeps correcting her. The white rabbit here is, uh, she has like ears sprouting out of her hair, a pink bow tie, a pink umbrella, which has various weapons on it. And then... Could we say this is like a leotard that kind of looks like a three-piece suit (laughs) and a plaid overcoat with some fuzzy shoes? Such a ridiculous character. But you know why I really like this book, James B? Because Quickie Burger gets trashed again and the employee picks up the phone and turns to his friend and says, maybe we should go work for McDonald's? (laughs) No. I I actually liked this book because, um, because... Eugene's dad works as one of the goons, and there's a lot of, like, goon development in this book. (laughs) The goons are talking about, like, what they do and how they need money and, like, what it's like working for White Rabbit. And it's just a perspective we don't get very often. (laughs) So Yeah, they're even named. Like, she's like, pull over, over, Miguel. They're terrible, by the way. The goons are, like, they're awful. She is, like, working with people who are afraid to do anything. They don't want to kill anybody. They're, they're just, they they run away at every turn. But like I said, we, we, this is the first Sagoon perspective that I think I've read in a book. So <laughs> leave it to Marvel team up. Is this the, is this better than the previous books? I, I think so, actually, for this various reason. The plot is good, too. It shows Eugene, like, trying to do good. And then his dad, we think he's going to become a criminal again because he was a criminal before. But then it turns out he's an informant for the police, which is a great a great ending. Yeah, and it's unclear to me what he cracks over. She, she goes through a window. <laughs> she crashes through the window with Frogman, who looks, like, completely helpless. She looks super aggressive. Like, she's taking him through the window. You know, she's a bit dazed. She says, a trifle bruised, but if I can just scamper out that door, I'll be... And then, bonk, he hits her on the head knocks her out. Like, she tackles... One more time. Tackles Frogman through a window, but yet Roger Hotchberg takes her out with one hit of a... I think it's a vase, right? Yeah. That's all you need. It's like Indiana Jones-esque. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good book. I can't believe people would be buying it i owned 130 i was i bought 130 off the shelf i was so close to buying 131 but i'm assuming that 
you know, 13-year-old James B. was not going to pick up the book with the Easter-themed dominatrix on the cover when I could pick up the Scarlet Witch and Spider-Man instead. So, all right. That's understandable. Uh, the cover of the next book, I don't know, we'd say like one of the worst covers of all time. That book's from August of 1983. Stanley presents Marvel Team-Up 132 featuring Spider-Man and Mr. Fantastic in the common denominator by DiMatteis, Buscema, and Esposito. Hey, the cover just has Spider-Man and Mr. Fantastic on it. It's terrible. It's not even any words that says what they're doing. It's just, just them. They're just looking at us. <laughs> Everyman, which is sort of the name of the villain here, so stay with us. Everyman Larry pays a visit to his uncle, Reed Richards, in the Baxter building. And punches him to the floor. <laughs> Larry uses the absorba scan against Mr. Fantastic. So glad you has to, had to. I'm so glad you had to pronounce that word first. <laughs> and steals Mr. Fantastic's intellect. <laughs> Larry tries to rally people, but gets angry when they don't care. So he attacks the anonymous citizens with the absorba scan. Which again steals people's life force and transfers it to Larry. Uh, Eddie Spider-Man appears late in this first book and does nothing of consequence. The evil doctor happily watches his delusional patient from afar. Eddie, I'm just gonna go on the next book. You think, right? Yeah, these two are connected. We don't need to talk about them separately. All right. From September of 1983, Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 133, featuring Spider-Man and Mr. Fantastic. Actually, Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, sort of, in The World According to Faustus by J.M.D. Mateus, Sal Buscema, and Mike Esposito. It, it is billed as the Fantastic Four, but just like Spider-Man isn't even in the book, neither is the Fantastic Four. Just stay with me, folks. Reed says, Spider-Man, you've done enough. I could take it from here. Spider-Man's in three panels, by the way. Uh, Reed travels alone. One's him sliding away. Travels alone to the enemy hospital because he's going to try to solve the problem of what's going on in the first book with you know his nephew there uh, in a fantastic far. Then when he gets there, Spider-Man reveals himself to have hitched a ride. And then one by one, all the Fantastic Four members reveal to Mr. Fantastic that they have been captured. In the end... Every person is a robot, except for Spider-Man, who's actually the everyman Larry in a costume. Uh, earlier, by the way, Eddie, Dr. Faustus was mad that Reed was coming alone because he wanted the whole Fantastic Four to show up. So the book was trying to convince the reader that the Fantastic Four was captured, but I wasn't fooled. Just to let you know. Oh, and by the way, Reed isn't fooled by any of this either, uh, and the bad guys just lose. Notable moment, Dr. Faustus talks to his mom in the two books, but she's like a long dead figment of his imagination. Chase B, your summaries of these books are so appropriate and concise. Did you think that Anna was Vanessa? Because she looks exactly <laughs> like him, and they show <laughs> Faustus smoking a big long cigar like the King Pimmies. Yes, but and he was calling her Anna, which I and then I thought to myself, that's not that's not the Kingpin's wife's name. But I, I thought, and she's dead. You know, I I had this sort moment of. where. She remember she like was in the sewer. I'm like, oh my goodness, she like oh, found her way to another guy. You're right, just, and like, he gave her kid. a new name. That's right. He didn't know her name. She didn't remember her name, and he was like, just made her his wife. The 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 book says Eddie at one point like, oh, did you know we were that we were fooling you guys? And it's like, did you did you catch any of the clues earlier? And I was like, there are clues earlier because you got what's his face here. 
uh, Everyman Larry dressed up as Spider-Man. And I'm like, so I went back to look yeah. for clues a little more carefully. Did you? I, I The only clue was when Spider-Man's back stuck to a ceiling. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing suction cups? When I was reading this, I was like, what? That, that like spawned this whole like thought process. I'm like, oh my goodness. Can like any part of Spider-Man's skin stick to stuff? When the first robot shows up, of course, again, villains who have time to create these elaborate robots and, and this is and they don't even like take advantage of them they only use them to fool people the human torch robot flies in as the human torch and then like kind of crashes to the ground and then it turns into Johnny Storm again amazing robot Mr. Fantastic says Johnny's like on fire well, duh he's like but something's wrong Spider-Man help help put out the fire nearby or something like that you know He's like, use your web to put out the fire. That's his default. Use your web and put out a fire. That is, that is, and Spider-Man's like, I'm just going to use dirt instead. And I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, I would too. But apparently that was a clue that Spider-Man wasn't using his web. He was using dirt to put out a fire. Oh, he, although, although he then shoots a web, carries a, and he carries Johnny Storm with him and swings off. Wild. I totally didn't pick up on that because, well, I just remember that being a really weird panel. Like, why do we care? Like, if there's a fire in the grass here. When did Dr. Faustus get the ability to create robots? This isn't a mad thinker book. <laughs> I don't know. He I, If he's if he uh, can do this, the tinkerer should be giving him a call. Yeah. He can use them right. for Tink Bob toys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he certainly should. Speaking of Tink Bob toys, Eddie... Do you love? Is it time? Do you love toys? Well, the Tinker has gathered three Marvel team-up villains, or they're sort of experts, to help design the newest line of Marvel team-up action figures. Monster creator Baron Baron Ludwig von Schump. <laughs> that guy's still in there, huh? <laughs> He's getting replaced by Doctor Faustus soon. Robot creator the Mad Thinker and okay. Puppet Master have lent their expertise to create toys kids want to play with and collectors like you eddie want to collect this 18th set has three figures from the classic run and a premium figure all by jm dimateus and inked by mike esposito the set includes from marvel team up 129 and do you want to guess who these are or should i just tell you uh who is it's robot one? mark twain <laughs> you can own your own What's up, yeah you samuel clemens figure how I love Mark Twain. I wouldn't be super sad about Wait, this. You shouldn't be super sad on any of these toys. <laughs> I noticed how you didn't let me answer, do you love toys? Marvel Team Up 131. To complete your collection of the Roger Hotchbergs, it's his mom. <laughs> and you can have the mom. And now you'll have, you already have Roger. You already have Mia. Sometimes known as Pia. You can have the whole set there. So much fun. <laughs> From Marvel Team Up 133. It's Dr. Faustus' mom, Anna. <laughs> She's a figment of his imagination. What does this toy look like? Toys are figments of our own imagination, Eddie. You can <laughs> make your dreams come true and play with them any way you want. Just, and she looks like Vanessa. Empty. You can pretend she's Vanessa if you want. You, it's just an empty box. No. She's drawn like she is in the book, Eddie. She's not invisible or anything. Wow. Okay. For Marvel Team Up 130, Eddie, last time you got the premium figure right. You want to get this one right? 130? Uh, it's got to be... Uh, are we on the bunny? The 
White Rabbit. Oh, that's 131. Darn. Um, Scarlet Wish. Andrew Pacholito. <laughs> One of the big four people who know the real truth. Big four. There's also a ghost that knows the truth. Remember there's a ghost who knows Peter Parker's Spider-Man? Oh, that's right. I'm sure, that was a Marvel. <laughs> the FBI. Yeah. The FBI ghost. I, I would say it's a Marvel tee-up, but I don't know. I think that might have been stuck into one of the other books somewhere. I have a feeling it was like a, like a wacky one-off. It was a, it was a spectacular. It was a spectacular. Yeah, it was yeah. somewhere else. Because I don't remember anybody else being in there. No, Eddie. It was just the ghost following him. Eddie, this book on the cover says Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four. Can you imagine? Oh, man. The cover looks so exciting, too. Like, if I saw this cover, particularly compared to the last yep. one, I'd be like, yes, finally. This looks awesome. Dr. Doom's in there. He's got a in his clutches uh, Reed Richards' Franklin, son, Franklin, yep. Franklin. And then, you know, all the Fantastic Four look occupied by these weird lasers shooting at them with Spider-Man in the middle. Very exciting. Spider-Man, three panels. Reed Richards says, not your problem, get lost. He swings away. <laughs> That's it. All right, well... Eddie, um, next pod, we're back to the Amazing Spider-Man comics, right? We are. I can't wait to read on. I don't know if we have any Hobgoblin in those ones, but I'm ready. Uh, I think there's two annuals and 17 more books and maybe 19 more Marvel team-ups. Again, I got our Marvel team-up special scheduled for, I don't know, about 20 or so podcasts from now, so... Start thinking about your favorite Marvel team up books. Maybe it's uh maybe it's one of these. Maybe you're a big fan of I'm into Marvel team ups now. Oh yeah. I, I like the off the wall, so maybe all the books of the eighties are just getting better in general. I think I, I think so. 80 Spider Man is better than seventy Spider Man, agree? Slightly biased, but yes. <laughs> if people don't agree with us, how can they reach out to you to complain? You can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at letsreadspidey. And now it's time for the close that I see you wrote. (laughs) And now it's time for the close. I'm James B. Joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, Android Mark Twain is just as dangerous as Easter Bunny Dominatrix White Rabbit. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, she's. I, I feel bad for her. She her goons are just trash. It's all a game for her, though. Like, there's nothing to lose. She's just doing everything for for her own satisfaction or fun. <laughs> Is she? Does she have a purpose? Does she even explain why she's trying to blow up a destroy a quickie mart? She just. She seems to indicate she's just bored. She's like rich. Okay. She, she just didn't want to do. She wanted to do something. So, and Frogman happens to be in there when right. she comes along. Okay. Yeah, as a child, Mister 
Patillo. I was raised in the lap of luxury, protected by nannies, teachers, and tutors, kept away from the rowdy offspring of the lower classes. I was molded into a genteel, nauseatingly proper young lady. Yeah, it's just a rebellion for her. Got it. You know what we need to do here at the end? Sorry, yeah. I, I was paying attention to you. That's fine. <laughs> you, well, you read it, and I thought, we should be doing a... We, we don't need a guest to do It's Not no. Shakespeare, It's Marvel team-up. We haven't done one of those in a while. No, I'm ready. We can do one. We're going to have to make sure we schedule one of those for the next time we do a Marvel team-up.